Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, it's been almost a week now since I did my last podcast. And uh, the reason I've been out of circulation is because I became extremely ill. Uh, I believe I was suffering with RSV. It was very tough. Uh, a lot of coughing, wheezing, sneezing. Um, it, it was ugly. Uh, but I believe now I am finally restarting to recover. And uh, it's time to get to it. But anyway, uh, you know, I have been trying to keep up with everything uh, that's been going on in the news over the past week. And uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm looking at it again and I, I see, I still see the, uh, it's the debunkers coming out. It's just a constant barrage of lies and misinformation. And I'm just tired of it. I'm so tired of this cover up. Uh, that's my thoughts on it. I, I, I saw today that uh, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, the former director of Arrow, the all-domain anomaly resolution office, came, comes out with an opinion piece in Scientific American. And uh, it says, it's entitled, Here's What I Learned as the United States Government's UFO Hunter. And basically what this is, he starts pointing the fingers at uh, people in the UFO community, like people like Robert Bigelow and... Uh, people like that, like the late Harry Reid, they're, they're the reasons uh, those people are the ones who started all of this uh, conspiracy talk and, and and all of its nonsense, and he didn't find any evidence of anything. And uh, I just think he's a lazy puppet for the... That's what I get out of this. This guy's a lazy, dumb puppet for the for the Pentagon. That's all he is. I mean, they, they're, the, they're the one who who picked this guy to, to head Arrow, right? I mean, Congress can't do that. We, we, what we should have got is, is somebody who's completely uh, disconnected from all of that stuff. That's what we need running Arrow, which, by the way, still doesn't have a, a new director. There's still an interim in there. Uh, but anyway, let's go through this piece of garbage article from Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, who did a terrible job as the director of Arrow, and now uh, he wants to uh, point the finger at the UFO community and say ba- basically everyone's a crackpot. Basically, that's what I got out of this anyway. But we're not going to read the whole thing, but we'll go through some of it. Of course, he starts off here with a quote from Carl Sagan. Of course, I don't even know why are we talking about Carl Sagan here. That guy was a UFO debunker. I don't think he he has no real... Uh, he did no real real research into this. He had no idea what he was talking about. He had his, you know, he talked on TV. He was very popular ast- astronomer. That I'll give him that, but that's about it. Just the same thing as Neil deGrasse Tyson. You know, never studied this. And who care? I don't care what Carl Sagan said. I don't care. Carl Sagan. He was he was somebody who turned a blind eye to this whole phenomenon. Pretend that there was nothing to it. Uh, when there was, when there most certainly is still something to it. Anyway, it says here, Carl Sagan popularized the maxim, maxim that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, but there is some extraordinary evidence out there. Has any of these people ever looked at some of the physical trace evidence that was collected by uh, people from MUFON, people like the late uh, uh, Ken, uh, excuse me, uh, Ted Phillips? 
uh, who did who cataloged a whole bunch of different landing cases and had a lot of trace evidence that showed that these vehicles when they land they do something to the earth and to the vegetation and so have they ever looked at that doesn't that include isn't that extraordinary evidence no no and when there's multiple witnesses that saw the craft and then they show the evidence to the to researchers that doesn't count what about the turkey ufo videos multiple videos were filmed by this turkish fisherman over the marmara sea from 2007 2000, 2007 2008 2009 on many incidents with witnesses there to see this with their own eyeballs and he filmed it and he caught, captured a craft hovering out over this over this sea and you could see actual alien beings in there and they actually look like the they they fit the descriptions of what people who are getting abducted for years claimed right they they look like gray aliens they look like insectoid aliens right doesn't that constitute extraordinary evidence? No, they don't even look at that stuff. That's not considered anything. Uh, have they ever looked into the evidence that was uh, people put together, different researchers have compiled with, with regard to the Roswell incident, all the different people who stepped forward over the years to talk about what really happened there. It was no balloon like the government has led people to believe. Still people today, even the people in the mainstream news uh, believe that uh, Roswell was nothing more than a balloon, just like the uh, Air Force said, which is nonsense. When you have hundreds of witnesses, people making deathbed confessions that were there that said they saw the bodies or they saw the craft or they saw both. Doesn't that count? Doesn't that, 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 doesn't that constitute extraordinary evidence? I mean, deathbed confessions, they're used in a court of law a lot of times. When people make confessions when they're dying, that's usually stands that, that usually holds water in a court of law. Doesn't that hold water here in this instance? Doesn't, isn't that extraordinary evidence when you have multiple people making uh, similar comments about what happened at Roswell? Doesn't that mean anything? You know, for instance, there was uh, uh, this one woman, Sappho Henderson. Her husband was at Roswell, was stationed there. Uh, his name was Pappy Henderson. And uh, in 1982, he saw uh, on, on a newsstand, a magazine, uh, something like Weekly World News, one of those tabloids, uh, inquirer type magazines. And on that cover was something about Roswell. And he said to her that mo- at that moment, he bought that, that paper. And he's like, I, I, I've been dying to tell you about this for years. I guess I could tell you now. But yeah, I was part of this. I, I, I helped with that. I helped move those bodies. I mean, why would he tell his wife that all those years later and stand by until he died? And then there was all the, the deathbed confessions. I mean, if you look uh, in books like this, like uh, Witness to Roswell by uh, Thomas Carey and Donald Schmidt, they, ha- they, they had a, uh, uh, one chapter here dedicated to uh, uh, deathbed, deathbed confessions. And they talked about this Major Edwin Easley. Uh, and he was interviewed by uh, Roswell investigator Kevin Randall. And, but all Easley would say was that he couldn't discuss the Roswell incident, that he was still sworn to secrecy. Over and over, Easley would repeat that same phrase to each question that Randall asked. Sometime thereafter, he in fact confirmed to his two daughters and granddaughter his participation. When he lied dying, when he lay dying in Parkland Hospital in Dallas, Texas in June of 1992, his granddaughter brought him a gift while her mother and aunt kept vigil at their father's bedside. She held it up to her grandfather's eyes in the hopes that he would appreciate her thoughtfulness. With a look of total astonishment, he turned from the outreached arms of the young girl and sighed the words, Oh, the creatures. What was the gift, you ask? They, 
uh, that brought him such an intense reaction from an, an intrepid man who maintained his silence for 45 years. It was simply a copy of the first Randall and Schmidt book, UFO Crash at Roswell's. Okay, so why would he say that? on his deathbed why would he basically admit to the seeing the bodies if that's not enough there were other people uh, here was uh, uh, Homer, Homer Rowlett Jr. was a member of the 603rd Air Engineering Squadron at the Roswell Air, uh, Air Base in 1947 he was career military and retired as an NCO after 26 years of dedicated service to his country. Before passing away in March of 1988, he finally conveyed to his son Larry the following startling information about his involvement with the crash of the flying saucer. That was in quotes. The crash of the flying saucer was in quotes. His father was part of a cleanup detail sent to the impact site north of Roswell. Larry was told that his father had seen everything. He had handled the memory metal, which, according to Homer, was thin thin foil that kept its shape. If that wasn't enough, he described the actual ship, which was somewhat circular. But what followed caught his son completely by surprise. I saw three little people. They had large heads, and at least one was alive. His father ended by adding that there were three sites, the one just north of Roswell and two others near Corona. Uh, there's all these kind of people. There was Melvin Brown. He, this was a guy um, who was a... Uh, sergeant in Roswell at the time. He was with the K squadron back at the time of the incident. Brown would take the historic first man landing on the moon in July of 1969 as an impetus to tell his family the truth about Roswell. Unfortunately for Brown, they were reluctant to believe him. Still, his wife and two daughters remembered his stern warning not to tell anyone else because daddy will get into trouble. So, in 1969, Melvin Brown, who was a sergeant there, who was was stationed at Roswell, uh, said that told his family what, what, during the moon landing that uh, uh, that that this happened at this about this Roswell incident. They didn't believe him, but he said at the same time at that at that moment. But whatever the case, don't say anything or I'll get into trouble. But then in 1986, on his deathbed, uh, he was uh, just outside London, England. Uh, his daughter Beverly Bill Bean said that her father talked about Roswell exclusively. He reiterated over and over that it was not a damn weather balloon. Uh, and this is what what he said to her. He said, it was approaching dusk when one other soldier and I were stationed in one of the ambulance trucks at the recovery site. Everything was being loaded onto trucks, and I couldn't understand why some of the trucks had ice or something in them. I did not understand why they wanted to keep cold, what they wanted to keep cold. Our orders were not to look under the canvas tarp in the back. Uh, the moment we had a chance, I pulled back the covering. There were bodies, small bodies, and they had big heads and slanted eyes. Was this? Well, why would this guy tell his family this on his deathbed? Why? Why would that happen? Why would uh, Jesse Marcel Sr., the top intelligence officer, uh, finally go public in 1978? He said that uh, he was told not to say anything uh, about what happened and just to go along with this weather balloon story, and so he had to keep his mouth shut. But then in the late 1970s, Stan Friedman approached him, and then he told the story for the first time publicly. And the rest is history. That started the snowball effect. And then people over the years talked about Roswell. Of course, uh, Marcel, who was the top intelligence official, uh, made statements. In fact, here he is. Here's, here's what he said. You couldn't even bend it. You couldn't bend it. Even with a sledgehammer, it would bounce off it. So I knew that I had never seen anything like that before. And as of, as of now, I don't know what it was. It was not anything from this earth that I'm quite sure of. Because I was being an intelligence officer, I was familiar with just about every, all materials used in aircraft, 
in our air travel. This is nothing like that. It could not be. It could not have been. So there you go. It was not of this earth, right? Another witness. Or uh, how about uh, uh, the late Walter Hout, who was the information officer at Roswell at the time? He actually uh, signed an affidavit a few years before he died, and that was only to be released after he died. And in that affidavit, it stated that he saw parts of the craft and he saw parts. He saw some of the alien bodies. So why would he lie? Why would these people be lying about this? And meanwhile, the Air Force, what has the Air Force provided about Roswell over the decades? Nothing. They have, they, in fact, all of their records were, were mysteriously destroyed from 19, late 1946 all the way into 1949. They're all the records from the only uh, atomic bomb site in the entire world at the time are just gone. Those records are just gone. How's that possible? I mean, are we supposed to sit back and believe that? That's not that. That's not extraordinary. That, that all of those witnesses' deathbed confessions. That's not extraordinary evidence. Why would people say this on their deathbed? All these people that had that were in Roswell at the time. There's a lot more. I mean, these books. If you read these books, people in the mainstream news, particularly, need to check out these books and and do their own research, and they would understand that most certainly something happened at Roswell. And that's just the beginning. That was just the beginning of this cover up right there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. But anyway, people like uh, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, he doesn't care about this. They don't, they don't care real about the information that's already out there that's on the public domain at this point uh, or, or, or written about in these, in these highly researched books. They don't care about that. That's the, to them, that doesn't constitute evidence. What about the implants that were taken out of people, alien implants removed from people by people like the late Dr. Roger Lear? Are they not concerned about that? Is that not something to look into? <coughs> Well, I, I could imagine from someone in that position, in Arrow's position, okay, maybe that's not their purview, right? But based on the information that we have about the cover-up, there is, it's not, it's no, there is a conspiracy, but he tries to make it look like people who believe in this conspiracy are basically crackpots. No, actually, he's the crackpot. He's a disingenuous clown, just like, like some of the clowns that we have in the debunker field. That's all he is. He's just like one of them. You can't believe the government when it comes to UFOs, folks. You just can't because they're lying. I know this for a fact. For one thing, right, I saw one of these beings, right? I saw one of them. One of them entered my room when I was a little kid, right? So I know, right? I seen one of them. For 10 years, at least, I thought it was the devil or a demon from hell. That's what I, I believe. I didn't have any other idea what it possibly could have been. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, then I realized seeing shows about abduction and stuff like that later on, I figured it out. And I saw a craft in 1994 along with another witness. There was no way that this thing was made, up, made by human beings. There's just no way. We don't have stuff that can do what I, that, uh, that, like the thing that I saw. There's nothing, we don't have that kind of technology. So 
uh, there's something here. I know it. And I know that the government has to know this, right? And I know that they're lying. They have to be, right? Based on all the my own personal uh, evidence that I've seen with my own eyeballs, right? That I experienced firsthand. In addition to that, uh, let's, let's pretend that they don't know anything about it. And that means we're being invaded by something and it's been going on a long time, right? And they still have no idea what it is. And uh, they, they don't even know that it exists, even though some people out there like me know for a fact that it exists. They're lying. They're lying. They've been lying about it. All these people that, that talked about Roswell, they're, all of them weren't lying, right? They were telling the truth. They were, some of them were making deathbed confessions. They waited till they were dying to say anything. They were afraid to say it while they were living. So they may wait until they're dead or till after they're dead. That's how afraid they were because they were threatened or people that were threatened, made given death threats. Uh, the, actually, the Sheriff Wilcox in, in Roswell at the time in 1947, him and his wife, Innes, were, were told that if, if you say anything, we're going to kill you. And, his, and this, his wife was in her 90s and she finally told people in her family about this right before she died. Why would she say that? Why would she say that? What is what is what is again? What does the what does the government have to, to prove that it was a balloon? Nothing. They just made it up, They're just like they made up the crash test dummies that they dropped from high altitudes in the fifties. Years later, at least six years later, in other parts of the country, and that's what people that, that's what they try to tell you. People got mis mistook alien bodies for that it was actually these crash test dummies. That's what they try to say. Because they think you're idiots. They think we're all supposed to just sit back and, oh, they said it was balloons and crash test dummies, so I guess that's what it is, right? Duh I guess I got to believe the Air Force now. Duh that's what the Air Force and the, and the United States government wants you to believe. But they're lying. They're lying. This guy's lying. He knows he's lying. He's, he's, he's trying to pass on the buck. He, he, he wants to try to protect his legacy, but he's not going to. He's going to go down in history as a complete absolute stooge because that's what he is, whether he knows it or not. Either that or he's lying for them. I don't think he's lying for them. I think he's a, a stooge. I think he's a puppet. Anyway, let's continue with this piece of garbage. I'm, again, I'm not reading the whole thing. I'll leave the link so you can check it out for yourself. I'll just read, want to hit some of the highlights here. It says, uh, when he talks about the extraordinary claims, require extraordinary, extraordinary evidence, and he goes on, he goes, this advice should not be optional for policymakers. In today's world of misinformation, conspiracy-driven decision-making, and sensationalist-dominated governance, our capacity for rational, evidence-based critical thinking is eroding with deleterious consequences for our ability to effectively deal with multiplying challenges of our ever-increasing complexity. Okay. Boy, it must have taken him a while to put those that word salad together. What that's designed to do is make it look like how sup much sup more superior he is to anybody in the UFO community, right? And that anybody else who's talking about this stuff, about conspiracies and stuff, uh, they're not critical thinkers. Actually, this guy's not a critical thinker. If he thinks, right, this way, the way he's thinking, he didn't do his research. How, why was this guy in, in charge of Arrow if he doesn't know anything about, about the history of this? Why was he in charge of Arrow? He, could, he couldn't stand the heat, so he had to get out of the kitchen. That's what's going on. The guy couldn't take it. He couldn't take it. Anyway, he says, continuous here. He says, as director of the Department of Defense's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, Arrow, charged by Congress in 2022 to help bring science-based clarity and resolution to the longstanding mystery surrounding credible observations of UAP, I experienced this erosion up close and personal. After, And it was... One factor in my decision to step down from my position last December, after painstakingly assembling a team of highly talented and motivated personnel and working with them to develop a rational, systematic, and science-based strategy to investigate these phenomena, or phenomena, 
Our efforts were ultimately overwhelmed by sensational but unsupported claims that ignored contradictory evidence yet captured the attention of policymakers and the public, driving legislative battles and dominating the public narrative. Okay, for one thing, this goofball here, didn't, he didn't have access to all the information. The, the Pentagon, by design, wasn't giving him access to everything because if he had gotten access to anything, then he wouldn't be making these dumb, absurd statements. He wouldn't be saying this stuff. Continuous here, he says, the result of this whirlwind of tall tales, fabrication, and secondhand or thirdhand retellings of the same was a social media frenzy and a significant amount of congressional executive time and energy spent on investigating these so-called claims, as if we didn't have anything better to do. So there's nothing, uh, extraterrestrials from outer space, that's not worth looking into, is it? As if, as if we don't have anything to better do. It's the biggest discovery of all time but, and the biggest cover-up of all time, right? But we don't have, but we shouldn't look into that, right? Because it's not important. That's not like we don't have other important stuff to do. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, we got more important stuff to do than worry about aliens from outer space. <laughs> That's how he's making it sound. Because he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Why was this guy the director anyway? Again, he was handpicked by the Department of Defense. To be a stupid puppet, to be a stooge. That's what he is. You're a stooge, Sean. And, you, and your little uh, op-ed here stinks. Stinks to high heaven. <laughs> goes on like this. He continues. He says, the conspiracy, conspiracist's story goes something like this. The United States has been hiding and attempting to reverse engineer as many as 12 UAP UFO, slash UFOs from as early as the 1960s and perhaps earlier. Uh, what's wrong with that? What, based on everything, based on everything that's been a, a, a compiled over the decades by many researchers, what's wrong with that statement? Actually, that's pretty conservative, if you ask me. I mean, if you look at uh, UFO crash retrievals by Leonard Stringfield, who actually did research and talked to a lot of insiders, you would realize that actually it could be in the hundreds, could be over 100. But I, I think that's a very conservative figure, 12. 12, that's conservative, might be more than that, we don't really know. But they have it. There's no doubt because there's all these witnesses that talked about it. Again, go back to Roswell. When that's when that's That was before the government had all its ducks in order. That's before they had their special teams uh, assembled to handle these kind of crash retrievals and cover-ups. They had regular uh, military uh, personnel out there. And then they had to try to figure out a way to make them sh- make sure they don't say anything about this. Threats. Money, apparently some people received $10,000 that were in the military to keep their mouths shut about what they were part of. And then you had to threaten the civilians. That's all they had. They really, what, what else could they do at the time? But anyway, there's nothing wrong with that. What's that? That's part of it. Yes, there's dozens and dozens, hundreds of people that talked about this over decades. So he's not, Sean Kirkpatrick, the, the director of uh, Arrow, which is supposed to be investigating this all the way back into the 40s, doesn't know this? Did he do his research on this? Who, who was he reading? Was he, Looks like he's reading Carl Sagan and Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's getting his, taking his cues from those guys instead of people that actually did the research. Anyway, continuing here, it says, This great cover-up and conspiracy failed to produce any salient results, and consequently the effort was abandoned to some private sector defense contractors to continue the work. Something like that, yeah. It is something like that, though. It is something like that. That's what seems to be going on here. I mean, it is a good way to make sure that uh, any of these documents uh, don't become the property of the government because if you keep them the property is, uh, uh, of these private contractors then it's, that's their business We don't, they don't have to share that with anybody right yeah that is how they would do it isn't it 
Uh, and actually, there's some evidence to show that they did this. In fact, some uh, I believe Jacques Vallée talked about that in one of his recent books, in the Forbidden Science, Volume 5 or something to that. One of those, I think it was, yeah. That may, maybe this is something that was established during the Nixon administration to make sure, okay, these Freedom of Information Act uh, people are going to come looking for documents. Well, how about we just ship them over to the private developers, let, 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 let it be all theirs under their purview, and then they can't get that freedom. No Freedom of Information Act request will ever work, right? We'll just give them all, all the good stuff, right? Yeah, why not? Well, we don't really know. I mean, I don't think any, I, I, I could say this. We don't exactly know. People in the UFO community, we know that it's a cover. We don't know uh, all, all the details of it. We, we, could, we suspect certain things, right? But there is a conspiracy. There has to be, right? There has to be. All these people aren't lying, right? All these people that stepped forward over the years. The government's never really proved its case that there's nothing to it. They try to say it was. They, they try to say a whole bunch of really smart people in the United States Army Air Force back in 1947 mistook a, a a weather balloon for a flying saucer. They try to say that. They try to say that a whole bunch of people who saw uh, dead alien bodies actually mistook what I view as department store mannequins as extraterrestrials. I mean, that's what they're trying to say. Their, their story stinks. They don't have any witnesses, anybody to, to step up, that that ever, not at all to corroborate what they're trying to sell. But meanwhile, on the other side of the equation, you have all these people that were there and a lot of them gave deathbed confessions. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, you're, you're, you're not, you're not using critical thinking skills or unless you, maybe as far, maybe you're just one of those dumb people though, that just says, Oh, they said it was a balloon. So that's what I'm going to say it was too. Because they're not going to lie. Maybe that's, I don't know. Are you one of those people? Anyway, sometime later, the story continues, those private sector contractors wanted to bring the whole program back under United States government auspices. Apparently, the CIA stopped this supposed transfer back to the United States government. All this is without substantiating evidence, but alas, belief in a statement is directly proportional to the volume in which it is transmitted and the number of times it is repeated, not the actual facts. Well, you know, I could turn that on, on, on backward. I could say it doesn't matter how many times you tell us that you, there's nothing there, there's nothing to it, and uh, we don't have any evidence of extraterrestrials or, or their craft. No matter how many times you say it, doesn't make it true. Right, you could, the, the government has been lying and long with you now, lying along with them. Right, uh, it doesn't make it true because there's a lot of people out there who have seen these things, encountered the creatures themselves, and there's a lot of people in the military who, uh, on some of them on their deathbed, talked about uh, their involvement in in crash retrievals and reverse engineering. And now we have like 40 other whistleblowers too. I don't know if you heard about that. That, that are they all liars? Are, is David Grush telling lies under oath? Is that what you're trying to intimate? Anyway, it goes on. It says, during a full-scale, year-long investigation of this story, which has been told and retold by a small group of interconnected believers, interconnected believers and others with possibly less than honest intentions, none of whom have first-hand accounts of any of this, Arrow discovered a few things and none were about aliens. Uh, he goes on to talk about there was no records exist of any president... Uh, or living Department of Defense or intelligence community leader knowing about this alleged program, nor any congressional committee having such knowledge. Oh, oh, they don't have any records to show you. Oh, oh, that means they must be telling the truth then. There's no records, so that must they're telling the truth. Okay, I, I get it. All right, that makes sense. Then he goes on. Uh, he gets talked. He talks about. I'm not even going to read 
a lot of this. He gets into the Bigelow stuff, saying that they're all responsible uh, for start for getting this uh, discussion heated up over the years. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't believe anything. I I just I can't trust this guy. I just don't trust that. Uh, I don't trust him. I don't trust how he handled Arrow, and I think he's an absolute ab- absolute clown and a puppet. He continue. He ends it with this. This is how he. Uh, wraps it all up. He says, I can assure you as its former director that Arrow is unwaveringly committed to harnessing science and technology to bring unprecedented clarity to these fascinating, important, and stubborn mysteries and to do so with maximum transparency. Its talented staff and team of supporting scientists are at this very moment striving in collaboration with the armed forces, intelligence community, government agencies, national laboratories, scientific community, academic community, and soon the general public to collect and analyze hard, measurable data, i.e. extraordinary evidence, in this heretofore eyewitness-rich but data-poor field. The Arrow team will go wherever the data takes us without fail and will not be swayed by any attempts to influence its findings otherwise. Science cannot be left on the side of the road in the mad dash to uncover some great conspiracy. Carl Sagan would expect no less, and neither should the American people. You know what? I don't care what Carl Sagan expected. He's a he's non-starter here as far as I'm concerned. I don't care what Carl Sagan would have thought or done. He was a debunker, and who cares what he would have said? Or I, Who cares? And the other thing here is, right, science has been left on the side of the road because of this great conspiracy, and there has been a great conspiracy, and this guy's denying it, and he's trying to make anybody who believes in it uh, look like uh, like they're stupid and they have no uh, uh, ability to, to think. They don't have critical, they lack critical thinking skills thinking skills this guy has no critical thinking skills if he if he thinks that people out there are going to believe the words he says the only people who are going to believe this are people like debunkers like uh, that creepy Stephen green creep the Stephen Stephen green street the creep right creepy green street or uh, d- uh dubious dishonest mick west you know people like that they're the only people who are going to be cheering this dumbbells i mean and the dumbbells the the dummies complete absolute goofball dumbbells who need to hear this on a regular basis there's nothing to this that follow these debunkers that's the only people who are going to be cheering for this because these guys this Kirkpatrick did nothing he was picked handpicked by the Department of Defense to be the director they don't, the Department of Defense doesn't want this information out they're working to reverse engineer this stuff and they want to keep it a secret and we're and we're supposed to sit back and believe this guy when you had all these other people over the decades, a lot of them with deathbed confessions, telling us about retrieving crashed flying saucers, dead alien bodies, sometimes alien the, were alive. That's what we got from people giving deathbed confessions. But yet, that's not extraordinary evidence. That constitutes nothing. Doesn't doesn't even. Sh- we we have better things to do. We shouldn't investigate this stuff. Let's just go by what the Air Force tells us. It's, they said it was it was just a mere weather balloon, and all these people made a mistake. Where's your proof for that? We don't need any proof. We're telling you. We're just telling you. Well, what about the alien bodies that the people saw? Crash test dummies. Crash test dummies. We figured it all out. We just, we thought about it for a long time. This is actually, what's this what they did. They actually thought about it. Somebody actually said, let's figure out where to, and it, it was just, it was a fever dream. That's all it was. They dreamed it all up. They needed to come up with some excuse. And that's just Roswell. We're not talking about all the other crash retrievals. I mean, there's the Aztec case, which uh, people at first thought it was a hoax, but now it seems like, no, that one was real too from 1948. And there's a whole bunch of them. Kingman, Arizona from 1953, I mean, there's just a whole crap crap load of them. There's a whole bunch of crash retrieval stories we've heard and, and, and people have talked about. 
People have gone to record. People gave deathbed confessions about it, but we're supposed to pretend that that doesn't mean anything. Uh, and Sean Kirkpatrick wants you to think that too. He wants you to think, hey, they never, we never saw any evidence, nothing ever. No, 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 we looked into it. Uh, we can't be, uh, have science being left on the side of the road in favor of some great conspiracy. Well, guess what? That great conspiracy is keeping science. That's what's keeping science on the side of the road is this conspiracy. Because the whole entire, the entire scientific community has been left in the dark for the most part. Right, that, and that's what's happened. It's the opposite. See, a lot of times when you read what, what these idiots are telling, trying to tell you, it's, it's projection. It's project. This is projection. People who don't study this, people who haven't studied this, people who haven't researched this for themselves, right? They just think, well, uh, Sean Kirkpatrick and the government said there's nothing to this. They have no evidence of extraterrestrials, so that must be true. Then you that those are the people. They're the sheep who have no critical thinking skills. Mick West said this. Somebody who says that, right, that person has no critical thinking skills. Dumb. Dumb. They can't think for themselves. They really can't. They don't know how to pick up a book and read it. They don't know how to do some research on their own to figure things out. Instead, they'll read some crap put together on uh, a, a website like Metabunk and go walk away and think it's real. When it's, that's what's false. That's the phony stories that are being pushed out there for the most part. Of course, every now and then, Something that is, somebody comes up with a, with, a, with a UFO and says, hey, this is a UFO. And then a debunker will say, no, I think it's a balloon. Sometimes that debunker's right. Yeah, sometimes things are just balloons or natural phenomena or whatever, right? But sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're not. But uh, I'm just sick of this cover-up. I'm sick of playing this stupid game. I'm sick of reading stuff like this. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I mean, aren't you? I just, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say about it. You know, there was a, uh, ABC News is recently, uh, this, this past week, they have, there's an article actually from ABC News. They have a, a program that's on Hulu called Impact X Nightline. And uh, they talked to some, quote, experts about this. And they're trying to sort out what's fact and what's fiction when it comes to UFOs. But, of course, they have to go to all the time. Their go-to guy, for some reason, is Neil deGrasse Tyson. That, that just ruins the whole show for me. That's not, he's not an expert on this. He's a celebrity who knows nothing. He's an astrophysicist. He doesn't know anything about UFOs. Why do these people keep going to him? I don't understand it. There's other people out there who have, are legitimate researchers into this field. Why aren't they going after those people? Why are they bringing on Neil deGrasse Tyson? He has nothing to offer this at all. Nothing constructive at all. In fact, he, he says really stupid things a lot of the times. I want to go through this article here a little bit, though. They, there was an article on it as well as you could check out the show. Oh, I wouldn't waste your time, though, with it, quite frankly. But, hey, that's your decision. It says here, the stories of flying saucers, little green men, and contact with beings from across the cosmos have fascinated the public for centuries as people have wondered what's beyond our skies. Now, of course, uh, the author of this, there's several different reporters, and all of these people are idiots. I'm going to just say right, off, right out of the get-go. When, they start, when you see little green men in the first sentence of a paragraph on a story about UFOs, you know that these people are morons, absolute, complete morons. But over the last few decades, as science and mass media have expanded, the obsession with UFOs and possible extraterrestrial life has exploded. From the fun, such as sightseeing tours of supposed UFO activity hotspots like Roswell, New Mexico, to the serious, with last year's tense congressional hearings on the subject, a lot of money, resources, and time has been, sent, has been spent answering the question, are we alone? Okay. 
Uh, of course, the very first person who they have a comment in here from is Neil deGrasse Tyson. There are people who will see things that are unexplainable, but they can't, ex- but they can't explain it. So to them, it's unidentified. Fine. Well, let's investigate it, famed astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson told Impact X Nightline. An episode of Impact X Nightline, now streaming on Hulu, takes a look at the cultural phenomenon behind UFOs and features interviews with scientists, UFO enthusiasts, and people who claim to have been abducted by aliens. Margaret Whitecamp, the department chair of the National Air and Space Museum, told Impact that the phenomenon behind UFOs began in the 1940s and 50s with the public accept obsession over flying saucers. Let me, let, me just, let me just stop right there. No, it began when people started seeing these things, when they were showing up over Washington, D.C. in 1952, right? Flying over the Capitol and the White House, right? It was a whole bunch of different factors. It wasn't just people were interested. They were being, people were seeing them. That's when it started, 1947 into the 50s, and it never stopped. Arguably, the most famous incident took place in the summer of 1947 when a rancher found wreckage, including metallic-looking scraps, on his property. This was around the same time that the United States Air Force began Project Blue Book, an initiative to investigate UFO reports. Oh, God. Uh, Here's what Whitecamp says. What we know is probably that it was a weather balloon incident, but a lot of lore has risen up around that and around especially secure areas in the American West where people then ask a lot of questions about what's really happening there, Whitecamp said. The reports of the weather balloon did not did little to quell people's suspicions, experts said. Well, let me just stop there. Again, I was just talking about Roswell. This whole weather balloon stuff is is a lie. It's been a lie. The government's told this lie. They told it in multiple different ways, too. First, first they've reported it was, we're talking about Roswell there. I'm so sick of going through this. I, I, I don't see, again, we're talking about critical thinking before. There's no people out there who, who dismiss Roswell. Even there's some people in the UFO community, right, that will dismiss it. it Let's let's use our critical thinking skills here. People start seeing flying saucers all, all over the place starting in June of 1947. In 19 early in July of 1947, something finally comes down, crashes, right? There's wreckage that's found. A, a rancher finds some debris. He doesn't understand what it is. It's all over the place. His sheep won't cross it. It's over a large area, a large area. He doesn't know what it is. This guy is familiar with weather weather balloons. He saw them before. He actually picked them up and would. Uh, dumped them in, in, in an empty water tower sometimes. They, they, it wasn't like the, this rancher didn't know what a weather balloon was. It wasn't a weather balloon. So then the Army eventually releases that press release saying they captured a flying disc. Then they changed, changed their tune. They said, no, it's just a weather balloon. That's all it is. It was just a weather balloon. And then years later, they say, no, no, guess what? It wasn't just any old weather balloon. It was a top secret weather balloon that we were using to spy on the Soviet Union with to see, when the, see if we could hear when they uh, blast off their first atomic bomb. That's what we were trying to listen for. And we had to keep it a big secret. Well, it still was a weather balloon. There was really no difference between a mogul balloon and a weather balloon. There's no real difference there, except there was a little radio device on there, right? That's the, so that's a lie. They've been lying about this over and over and over again over the years. And then they said the bodies that people saw were crash test dummies. Uh, it's no, no, that's false. Anybody who believes that is stupid. I'm just going to tell you right now. If you believe in that the Air Force's explanation for Roswell, then you're stupid. Based on all of the evidence that has been compiled over the years, all the different people that gave, that talked about this, that were there, that were actually there, not people who weren't there like Mick West or Stephen Greenstreet. They weren't there. Neither was Sean Kirkpatrick. None of those people were there, right? 
But the people that were there said that's what they saw, that they, they, there was bot bodies, there was a craft, and it was they were told to keep quiet about it. That's the bottom line. But yet, that's lore. That's lore. What should be considered phony lore here is this weather balloon story. That's the lore. That's the phony story that's been going on. That's that's the uh, legend. Anyway, I'll continuing here. It says the reports of the weather balloon delittled to come. Reports of unidentified lights in the sky, aircraft, and other other explained events, particularly in the Southwest, exploded since the 1950s and turned the area into a pop culture phenomenon. Well, see, this is trying to explain the entire UFO phenomenon in a little tiny article. You just not. It's, you can't do it. You can't do it. Just outside of Las Vegas lies what many UFO enthusiasts call the extraterrestrial highway, which features UFO-themed attractions and stores. Of course, they're talking about Area 51 here. But some who, some who claim they had gotten up close and personal with a being from outer space told Impact that their lives were forever changed from the fateful encounter. Kate Patterson told Impact that she was abducted by aliens 24 years ago when she and her sister-in-law were driving in a rural area. Patterson said the experience where she allegedly was put on a metal bed and was giving a pelvic exam by a group of aliens traumatized her. If you believe me, great. If you don't, that's fine too. You don't have to. I know what happened. But yeah, that that part was at least interesting because you know what? People aren't going to... People aren't going to... Some people aren't going to believe her. They're not going to believe these people that say they were... Uh, abducted by aliens or that they interacted with aliens they're not going to believe it they just won't they just won't because guess why because the government says we don't know anything about that that's why and because that's because the government's lying government's lying actually uh there's another story here jeremy corbell uh is in the news again and he's saying that uh, the united states government and defense contractors hold multiple undamaged functional non-human craft well, I thought we already all knew that. I thought we all were on the same page with that. But I guess there's somebody that's telling him directly. Somebody who has direct knowledge is telling him this. So, but he can't say who it is. See, that's what I'm saying. I I, I love the work that Corbell does. I you know I, sometimes I do criticize him, as as everyone who listens to my podcast knows. But at the same time, um, I, it just doesn't get us anywhere. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's great to hear it. I mean, I could say somebody contacted me right now with direct knowledge and told me a whole bunch of stuff that says I can't use your name. You can't use my name. But I could tell you directly, yes, we have uh, alien craft and a lot of it, some of it's intact uh, and operational. We have it. But you can't tell you can't tell anybody what my name is. You just can't do that. I'm, I'm sick of that too. I'm sick of all of this. I, I'm, I'm just so tired of it. I'm tired of pretending that we live in this pretend reality. It's like the land of make-believe where this stuff isn't real when I know it is. When I know it is. Again, if you do the research on this, you would know that there's a conspiracy. There's no question about it. That Why wouldn't there be? There has to be, right? They have to know about this, right? All these people aren't lying, right? I know that I'm not lying, right? I know personally that I saw one of these creatures and I know personally that I saw one of these craft in action. Right? I know that. Anyway, here's a direct quote from Corbell. It says, I can confirm to you with direct knowledge that we have multiple unidentified anomalous phenomena programs currently active. Some were inherited from previous legacy endeavors, each with specialized mandates related to the non-human intelligence aspect of the phenomenon. These are currently under the authority of the Department of Defense, multiple United States Joint Allied Intelligence Agencies, and defense contractors, including Lockheed Martin and Northrop Grumman. Those organizations have multiple undamaged functional non-human craft in their possession and have, ha and have had these for a long time. 
They have been exploiting them for derivative technologies, prioritizing U.S. weapons advancement. See, that's what it's all about, folks. It's all about. It's always been about that. I mean, the reason they got to keep it secret, they'll. I, I'm sure that they lie to themselves, and say we can't, we can't keep it secret because cause panic. But really, the main reason we got to keep doing this reverse engineering program, because once we uh, figure out how we can duplicate this stuff, then we're going to take control of this whole planet. Let's see anybody mess with us then. We'll kill everybody. We'll kill everybody. See, that's what it's about. We're a bunch of animals, the human race. We are. We just, I know there's some people out there saying, I'm a really good person. I go to church every Sunday. Right? Well, guess what? From a distance, when you look at us as a whole, we're a bunch of monsters. We're a bunch of wild apes running around killing each other. That's what we are. Sorry. Anyway, uh, uh, the Liberation Times tried to contact the DOD, and guess what? They got Susan Go, and she provided them the same line that they provided the last time. To date, Arrow has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. Yeah, same old, same old lies. Now, Susan Go doesn't know what's going on. She's just a mouthpiece. You know, she's just told what to do. Go tell them this now. We don't have any stuff. That's what you tell them. Well, and if she ever asks any questions, well, well, is it true, though? Shut up. Don't ever ask that question again or you're fired. That's what's going on behind the scenes, something like that. But anyway, I'm not going to read the rest of this article. It's just something else to check out. I'm just trying to catch up here after not being active for like a week. Uh, It really sucks. Sucks being sick. I could say that for sure. Uh, anyway, I guess, you know, what I'm going to go do now quick is I'm going to go and check out the, the most recent poll that I conducted on Spotify. Uh, I guess I should update everyone on that. Um, let's see. Yes. For the episode, um, well, I guess I'll do the last two cause I'm not sure. I, yeah, actually I'll do the last three. It looks like there's a lot more votes since the last time I did this. Uh, For the episode, Grush drops UFO bombshells at private meeting hosted by Wall Street bigwig. I ask this question. What is your initial reaction to David Grush's assertion that the alien presence has craft that distorts space and time? Uh, There was 130 votes now uh, with 18 days still left. And uh, let's go through what the, okay, seven people say their reaction would be, oh dear, uh, eight, or that's 5.4%. Another eight, uh, eight people with, uh, or 6.2% says we're in trouble. Um, 13 people or 10% say we're dumb apes. Yep. Well, I think we, we are definitely dumb apes. No question. Uh, uh, what's the next one? 18 people, or excuse me, another 13 people says, or 10% say, I don't believe it. Uh, 18 people or 13.8% say my mind is blown. Uh, 32 people or 24.6% say it's great, fantastic. And 39 people or 30% say, I suspected that. Yeah, I suspect. Well, well, yeah, yeah. A lot of people suspected that. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, I suspected it too. Okay. Uh, and then for the episode, debunkers stumble trying to discredit Corbell's jellyfish UFO video. I asked the question, what is the explanation of the jellyfish UFO video? 124 votes now we're up to. Uh, not uh, Four people or 3.2% say it's a camera artifact. Eight people or 6.5% say balloons. Uh, I don't agree with any of those two uh, comments. I don't think that's balloons. Uh, could be wrong. I don't think so, though. No. 
Uh, nine people or 7.3% say secret mad main tech. I don't agree with that one. Nope. Uh, 11 people or 8.9% say hoax. No, that's absurd. Uh, 21 people or 16.9% say other. 29 people or 23.4% say it's interdimensional. And 42 people or 33.9% say extraterrestrial. I agree with the extraterrestrial. Uh, I, I agree with the majority. Okay, and then uh, for the episode, classified UFO briefing provides exclamation point for a big week on the UFO disclosure front. And I asked this question. Are you satisfied with the efforts of some members of Congress to push for UFO disclosure? 99 votes so far. Uh, 38 people or 38.4% say yes, great job. While 61 people or 61.6% say no, it's not enough. You know what? I have to go with the majority on this one too because I'm I'm upset. I don't want to be... We shouldn't be playing this game still. What are we still playing this dumb game for? Right? I mean, what are we doing? Uh, Yeah. I don't get it. I'm so, I'm tired of the cover-up. I'm tired of this, this ridiculous nonsense that we're going through. I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm sick of the day-to-day here. I don't like the direction that things are going. I think we should just have the Band-Aid ripped off already. That's where I'm at. Then again, I'm not, I haven't been in a good mood because uh, of this illness, and I'm just, you know, upset naturally, or, you know, physically and mentally. But it is disgusting, isn't it? It is disgusting that it continues, and we have this Sean Kirkpatrick just, you know, uh, people who believe in a conspiracy, they, they're not critical thinkers, obviously, according to him. Well, guess what? You're not a critical thinker, and guess what? You're a stooge. Sean Kirkpatrick is a stooge. And I'm, so, I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of the whole obfuscation, the lying, the nonsense. You know, I know that there's something here. I've seen it. I want more, I want more information about it. I'm sick of this uh, living a lie. The human race needs to face reality already. It's, it's time. It's time. Uh, I'm tired of it. I think everybody's tired of it. It's, I don't know. I don't know. We need the whistleblowers. That's what we need. We need these more whistleblowers to step up and say, you know what? The hell with even Congress right now. Come on, just go public. Step up with your information. Show somebody. Bring it on. Bring it on already. Don't worry about the repercussions. I wouldn't. I don't care. Who cares? What are they going to do? Uh, oh, we're going to arrest you because you just uh, told everyone the truth about that there are aliens here and you showed them the evidence to go along with it. So guess what? We're going to put you in jail now? No, 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 no. People ain't going to allow that to happen. There'll be such an outrage over it that, no, they won't dare put somebody in jail for telling the truth about the extraterrestrial presence. They're not going to do it. In fact, I wish I would have the evidence right now. I wish I could drag in a, a dead alien, a live alien, whatever I could, and show it to the world, and then we could take it from there. I don't care what the repercussions are. I wouldn't care. People are going to be very upset uh, if anything were to happen to any of the whistleblowers for telling the world the truth about this. So just let's get it. Let's get on with it. Just get on with it. Don't worry about it. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be standing beside you, and they're not going to. Uh, they're going to demand that nothing happens, for for telling the truth about the most greatest discovery of all time. They've been sitting on it for too long. They're, they they want to make it a hundred years. Uh, it looks like or longer. I mean, how long are you going to drag this out? Yeah. The people who don't believe in this conspiracy. I'm not, I actually, to be quite honest with you, I am not a big conspiracy theory guy myself. When it comes to everything else, I, I don't believe in it. I just don't. I just know that there's one here. I've done the research and I know that there's something going on here. A lot of conspiracies out there are just total nonsense. They're just, 
made up by people just from whole cloth a lot of times this is not there's this the, the ufo phenomenon the conspiracy behind it has not been made up there's been thousands and thousands of different people over the decades talking about their own experiences talking about their own sightings talking about their own involvement in the government in retrieving craft all these people aren't making it up and from my position, I know that because, again, I've had my own experiences, so I know for a fact the government's lying and they've been lying and they're going to continue to lie. They're going to lie as long as they can and they're going to try to get away with this as long as they can. The group, the secret control group, who, uh, by the way, was who appointed Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, who was a secret control group appointee to the directorship of Arrow. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, that's who put him there, right? I'm just sick of it. Sick of the whole thing. Sick sick of the, the just listening to these lies. I'm tired of it. I'm so tired of hearing people there's no evidence. I'm so here, sick of seeing hearing Susan goes uh, rep, repetitious the same old like a broken record coming out with the same old statement all the time which is a, a lie that they don't have any evidence. It's a lie. We know it. We know that it's a lie. We know it for a fact. We, how many different people have stepped forward over the decades that were in the military that were told to keep their mouth shut about something, uh, some sighting, whatever? There's so many different cases. You, you can't even get into them all. You know, someday what we should, somebody should put together. He had the time and, and, and the, to put together a whole giant, I would say, you know, a two-hour-long episode of something where you just have one witness after another after another after another after another after another just back to back that that were never that you never seen in one documentary uh before but have them put it all together in one in one documentary people telling you this is what he said on his deathbed my dad told me this when he was dying this this just keep going through it oh here's walter Hout's statement when you put it all together you realize that there's something going on here and that the government is most certainly lying that's what that's what would happen it's almost like the same sort of phenomenon that you see when you uh from like youtube channels like ufob or eyes on cinema they keep put pumping out these uh, little snippets from little documentaries people talking about their experience whatever and they just put you, you put it all together and if you keep watching this stuff back to back you, you realize this is undeniable we are being visited there's something here and obviously the government's been lying to us about it that's what you learn and it's just so ridiculous that we keep playing this stupid game and, and it seems like there's, well, what could we do? We have Congress is doing what they could do right now. You know, of course, there's some of these people are politicians and they're going to use this to help themselves get reelected. Whatever. That's fine. But the bottom line is, at least we have them doing something. We need to have more of these whistleblowers stepping up because we're just spinning our wheels like this. You know, like the guy who's talking to Corbell, who told Corbell this. Who is this guy? Why does he just come up, come out already and just talk about it? Just come pub, go public with it already. Put your face out there. Put your name out there. Tell us what you know. You should be angry about this. People, whistle, any whistleblower that steps up to the plate, there's no being Mr. Nice Guy with this. You come out and say, this is what they're doing. I saw it with my own eyes. I couldn't get any evidence. I did get this piece of paper. Whatever you can do, let's do it already. What's going on here? Let's get this over with. I'm so sick of these liars in the Pentagon. I'm so sick of people like Sean Kirkpatrick. I'm so sick of these debunkers. They, they need to go away already. And the only way to get them to go away is for the, the, the absolute end-all evidence to be put out there. We need somebody to do that already. What are we doing? Anyway, I want to say thank you all for joining me. Until next time.